Make friends with physicists and mathematicians writers. It pays off. Brandon Sanderson. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. Our episode today is featuring Megan Browning, a biochemist. This is for all of you science and science fiction writers out here. We're hoping to give you a little bit of direction on how to write real science. And this episode in particular, biochemistry. So Megan, thank you so much for joining us. Hi there. Thanks. Yeah, glad to be here. A little bit of background, I reached out to her when I was writing my book that I finished recently to write a realistic scientist character. So Megan, tell us about yourself, your work, and your kind of history in biochemistry. Um, Sure. Okay. So I am a PhD candidate at the University of Utah, and I taught chemistry and general science at BYU-Idaho for three years. So what is biochemistry? Well... It's a little bit squishy because chemistry is pretty firmly in the science of small molecules and being able to make them do what you want. And then biology is where you take big things like cells and try to make them do what you want. But there's a little bit of an in-between area where there's really, really big molecules that are in living cells and trying to get those to do what you want. So a lot of people think scientists and see a person in a lab coat mixing stuff that blows up. Is that what you do? Uh, Well, if I possibly can, but more for fun than for (laughs) science. Mostly, uh, my PhD has consisted of moving liquids and firing laser. That's generally what we do. Move liquid, fire laser. Move liquid, fire laser. And that's all day, every day. How did you get started in biochemistry? I have a grandpa who is a biochemist way back when they were using, like, whole parts of animals. But he uh, was pretty forgetful by the time I got into college, so he tried to teach me some things, and I ended up having to learn a lot of the stuff on my own, and that was just sort of exciting by itself. When I was a kid, I really liked mixing random stuff together and seeing what it did and making these weird random concoctions, and I found out eventually that you could get paid for that. Yes! <laughs> So what kind of things do you see in movies and TV shows that just make you want to pull your hair out? Well, I really hate it when they break safety protocols where like three people will be wearing gloves, but the other three won't. Or a regular person will walk into a lab and no one will have told them to put on goggles. Oh, no. I do not. I don't allow people in my lab unless they're wearing goggles. It's not okay. Other things that drive me nuts are technobabble that they didn't research. You could have just stepped that one step up, and that could have made sense, but you didn't. You missed. (laughs) Yeah. When I sent you the little clip of, like, does this make sense, you were like, eh, I mean, there are words there. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. It made sense as a concept, just not with the right words. Because you had all the ideas, right? That was a real scientific concept that you were talking about. And so that's why in this episode we brought you in to encourage our listeners, those writers out there, to make friends with scientists, make friends with that biochemist, make friends with that physicist, so that you can go to them and say, hey, this is what I have. Does it make sense? And what do I need to change? And the real stuff is very, very interesting. It's not like you have to make science up to make it cool. There's 
so much cool stuff, especially with biochemistry. If you've ever heard of CRISPR, they figured out ways of changing a person's genes. You can just take a gene out and put a new one in. There's so much you can do with it. But if you use those words wrong or if you're trying to make up a scientific concept, you just sort of miss the fact that there's so much richness already there. So how can people use the science that we know today to influence and make their science fiction feel more real? One of my favorites that has ever done this really well is Gattaca. So the movie Gattaca, the idea being that everyone is genetically engineered to be pretty much perfect. And that was sort of a revolutionary idea at the time, but right now we're kind of at the cusp of that. It's coming. If you just ask a scientist, like, what's happening next, they'll have tons of ideas. We all have these ideas. My thing I'm most excited about is genetic engineering of people. That sounds really scary, but to get rid of cancer and to get rid of cystic fibrosis and nobody will have sickle cell anemia anymore, and it will be so cool. (laughs) So let's say I'm writing a biochemist character. Is there any particular jargon I can throw into my book to make it seem like the character knows what they're talking about? Write up a basic thing and then just email a sciencey person. You can go to a university. You can email me. That's fine. <laughs> Somebody that sounds like they're doing something close to your character, and they'll probably email you back. <laughs> we like talking about science. It's, a, it's a, an inborn thing at this point. We can't stop. <laughs> Are there any words that you see used in fiction a lot that you're like, no, you're using that word incorrectly? It's more like overuse. So mutant and mutation is overused in ways that it stops applying anymore. Um, or quantum. That one is a pet peeve. Stop, <laughs> stop using quantum. Quantum doesn't mean magic. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> and overall, when it comes to jargon and lingo, how often is it actually used in a lab? Oh, if you hear us talking, none of it would make sense. <laughs> so my PhD is using alpha hemolysonanopores and a potential to drive methylated and oxidized RNA duplexes with a single-stranded portion into the vestibule so that I can examine the kinetics of the base pair at the latch zone. Those were definitely words. (laughs) (laughs) But they're real science words. (laughs) Oh, yes. So, yes, there is real language. There is real jargon that is used. For you writers out there, it may exist. It doesn't necessarily have to be just what she said in the script. Dumb it down because your readers won't understand what they're reading. Or at least have that Greek chorus character to go, uh, can you translate that into English for me? Yeah. (laughs) So what type of person becomes a scientist? Like, what is your mindset that makes you different from a martial artist, let's say? Honest to goodness, it's not that different from a writer's. It's just being persistent. You have a goal. You have something you want. With a scientist, it's a question. With a writer, it's a story you want to tell. But you just are persistent. You just keep at it when other people wouldn't. Is there a way you could meet somebody at a cocktail party and you know immediately this person is a scientist? 
by just when you say, what do you do? And then they say, I'm a chemist, mathematician, physicist, whatever. And then everyone in the room moves away. That's the, the person that got moved away from. That's the one. <laughs> it just occurred to me. It would be a really good idea to go to secondary sources. Don't try to read the papers. We write so badly as scientists. Don't try to read them. It's painful. But go to secondary sources, secondary articles that sum up the science from a journal so that it's legitimate. Like, if anything catches your eye, then usually they're a little bit more readable. So Wikipedia for science concepts is generally pretty accurate. Usually the scientists who discovered it have seen that page before. Even we start there when we're learning a new thing. My lab group started learning about Zika virus, and the first page we went to was Wikipedia to read about it first. So that's where scientists start. Writers start there, too. Yes. It's a good source in a lot of ways for starting the process. Mm -hmm. If you have a scientist character, you need to do your research. How do I do that? How do I make friends with a scientist? If you don't already have one, or even if you do, if they're like a distant, distant friend on Facebook, they'll still want to talk to you about science. <laughs> Scientists don't really stop. We talk about science all the time, and it's our favorite thing to do in the whole wide world. So each university, if you live near a university, they'll have phone numbers for the secretaries and the scientists there, and someone's going to talk to you. If you know one scientist, they'll be able to find you others. Do you ever just study other types of science just to learn about geography or, or geology? If I went back to school, I'd be a physicist in a heartbeat. It was so intimidating at the time, but I love it now. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so at the moment, I'm really heavy in my dissertation, so I'm doing hardly anything else. But I always, I love to have like other science podcasts up or like, science shows from YouTube playing in the background while I'm trying to like format my dissertation. So in a superficial way, I, I know random things about the genetics of grapefruit because of this. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any podcasts that you would recommend for our listeners? Oh, Radio Lab is so good. <laughs> but again, the nature podcast, they've got a podcast and they've got phenomenal accents just to listen to their voices. <laughs> Oh, there is a science podcast from Australia. I think it's called The Science Show or something like that. It's so good. That's um, awesome. Those are, those are definitely my favorite. And do you have any last bit of general advice for writers who want to either take on science fiction or have a scientist character? Just like we were saying before, make friends with a scientist that can just give you that extra boost to just make it that much better. Thank you so much for joining us today. It has been wonderful. And listeners out there, go meet a scientist. I know it can be difficult to be social as a writer, but it's important. <laughs> so go out there, write your stories, find your scientists, and always write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 